0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Throwback Thursday. Uh, as usual, our uh, we have new content goes out every Monday morning on Shop Talk. That's 6 a.m. your local time. So please subscribe and share the podcast with anybody um, that you think might enjoy it or benefit from it. Um, that said, also just wanted to give a quick shout-out to those of you that have left us five-star reviews, uh, or as John would say, wicked good five-star reviews. We really appreciate those. Um, and if you haven't done that yet, if uh, you want to take the you know, 15 to 65 seconds that it takes to leave us a good review, we would really appreciate it. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. brought to you by 124GO. I'm your co-host, Chris Zulema, and as usual, I'm sitting here with my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri. And today, we have an amazing guest. Mr. Brian Purdue, Has decided to sit in with us. And Thank uh, you for that amazing comment. I, I That's nice. Okay. Good way you know, to start the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, we're really excited about this conversation because Brian's got a lot in the pipeline with bringing in um, a new... Location or a six salon chain that Brian started 28 years ago. You could go back in our podcasts all the way to podcast one to listen to the story. That's developed through educating stylists and then growing sort of a tiered salon system to where we bring people that come out of the uh, the school system whether it's with a cosmetology degree whether it's out of the kune academy by one two four and then they move into a genesis location which is where they develop their career when they get to a level and they want to join us at a salon 124 level salon they can do that and so mm-hmm. currently right now one of our genesis locations has developed so many strong stylists that that's being transitioned into a salon 124 and a beautiful location that's developing, but I know a lot of thought, uh, mm-hmm. John. Yeah. I'm going to pitch to you uh, goes into for one rebranding and right, you know, move uh, or moving location that's been happening behind the scenes here for for the past year year and a half. Right, um, and so we just think it would benefit owners mm-hmm. to kind of get a little bit of a snapshot of Brian's strategy behind that, how we've led in this direction, where we're at now, and the considerations that happen Mm -hmm. when designing, building a salon, um, when are you ready, things like that. And so um, take us a little bit into the conversation. What are some things on your mind, questions you might want to ask Brian that would benefit some folks?
1: Well, I think think the, the great thing about how our companies. You know has moved forward Is you've had the genesis locations for quite a while um, There are four genesis locations and the four genesis locations for lack of a better way to put them are Our new talent locations as Chris you just mentioned, you know you, you leave school you finish a cosmetology program and you work in one of our genesis locations And, and I like to look at
2: it John is it's it's what I call mid-market mm-hmm. because what I noticed is there are lots of chain salons right. uh, almost in every shopping center. Mm-hmm. And um, most of those are going after the budget sector. Right. Um, and so it, what I saw as a businessman first before I became a stylist mm-hmm. was that um, the industry was filled with salons almost in every shopping center. Right. Again, a lot of those with the budget market. Mm-hmm. But for stylists that, um, that did not want to be in that type of market, mm-hmm. uh, they tended to grow in salons that sort of went towards the upper end. And um, there wasn't a lot in the middle, the middle prices. In the Atlanta market, for instance, mm-hmm. I saw the budget salons, give or take, were in that twenty to twenty-five dollar haircut and style range. Right. And then um, with the higher-end salons, uh, in today's market, they're in that forty-five dollar and up, up to let's say a hundred dollar range. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 space between that thirty to forty-five dollar range was empty mm-hmm. because there weren't enough um, owners had a very hard time finding stylists they either wanted to be in the the uh, the they, they were they either went straight to the budget right or they went towards the upper end but what helps us to create that bid market salon and other salons that have systems in place is the training program and the career path that we have for stylists so that's a, a big key is to understand what is what is that quote new talent or Genesis brand in our company right. what is that about it's really about career pathing.
1: Mm-hmm. and so um, we spend some time at a Genesis location. Where we're refining our skill set, both our technical skills and, of course, our people and customer service skills, right? And we're working through a level system, which is how we work our company. And then you get to a point where you've, you know, really refined your technical skills. You've really refined your your. Uh, people skills and your customer service skills. And we can tell because we have metrics, KPIs that we measure to see how that happens. And then you make your transition to a 124 location. Um, and our 124 location is more of our upmarket brand, right? Correct. Um, and there you get to continue that career path that you just talked about, um, continue to grow, continue to develop as a stylist. Um, I think one of the things, though, that we're trying to do in a little bit different this time around is you've had this Genesis brand, right? You've made, you make the transition to a 124 brand you know, a little bit later down in your career. But for this particular location, you've decided to take a Genesis location and actually rebrand it as a 124 location, yet not only is there a rebranding going on, um, you're also going to combine the two. And what I mean by that is you're going to have Genesis stylists beginning stylists um, in a 124 location as well so you'll, you'll have both for lack of a better way to put it both brands in the same location correct that won't be it won't be co-branded it will be a 124 location is
2: Salon 124 with, with uh, Genesis level stylist right so, so in, instead of Genesis being a brand right. in this case Genesis is actually the level of stylist That Mm -hmm. they're working through in order to become one of our high-level stylists
1: so tell you know walk us through the what made that decision occur for where we're going next how did you get to that point well um,
2: again I'm in a in a large market Mm -hmm. so in Gwinnett County which is our primary focus here on the northeast side of Atlanta Mm -hmm. uh, we've got about 1 million population so that's a large market and so um, my my original thought was I wanted to create separate brands Mm -hmm. um, you know for the different types of clientele there's different markets right and the reality is is in anything you look at um, if you have sufficient quality at a lower price point you are going to tend to sell more units or things that you're doing in our case we do hair mm-hmm. we do clients want their hair done right and so when we were able to give a high caliber stylist at a mid-range price, Genesis would really dominate. Our Genesis locations, when it comes to client count, new client count, mm-hmm. it just absorbs the market and really helps to build that stylist quickly mm-hmm. instead of them just starting out at a high price and competing against senior-level stylists, and then they sit around a long time while they're trying to develop. Right. Um, and so um, for years, I've, I've gone about, in our market again, about six miles away is sort of the line. Our, most of the salons, the clientele, will uh, come from within a 10-mile radius. Mm-hmm. And so we would stay within that radius and uh, we'd have a 124, and then we would open up Genesis satellite locations to develop talent that would then funnel into our 124 brands. And it's been very, very successful. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that um, that we felt maybe uh, was an addition with having some of these stylists work in the 124 brand, which is what I originally did when I started with one location, mm-hmm. I call it that cross-pollinization of talent Mm -hmm. and so um, first of all when those new stylists get to work around senior stylists they're going to more readily pick up on on tips and trends when they're working within that environment Mm -hmm. and so that's one side as you get better education but on the flip side is giving a sense of purpose Mm -hmm. to the higher level stylist Mm -hmm. because and again this is what career pathing really is going to is Mm -hmm. that um, I've talked in an earlier podcast about passion, mm-hmm. and passion, And said so we can be passionate as hairstylists or passionate mm-hmm. in whatever we do, but eventually passion will start to die out mm-hmm. in almost anything that you can think about. Right. It's not until you link it to purpose mm-hmm. that it rekindles that passion. Right. And purpose in anything we do is how we take our passion mm-hmm. and do it to benefit and help others. And so that is what this cross-pollinization does mm-hmm. is it helps to also give purpose to our senior stylists um, that they then can see themselves as lifting up other people right. and helping them in what they're doing. Well,
0: and you just said a really lot, uh, you know, in that, in that w- one little snapshot there. And originally I had a first thought, but, you know, to lead to that, it's interesting how many salons don't have a training program. And so if you're, if you're listening to Brian, you know, talk right now, Whenever you have a conversation with Brian and you know, you talk about the salon business, it goes high level pretty quick Um, Point number one that I just want to re uh, Revisit if you're a single salon owner who's listening to this and you go, well, wait a minute. This is kind of out of my league Um, Brian very strategically years ago started to take a look at demographics to decide what the branding of your salon would be like which is which is opposite of most salon owners thinking. Most salon owners thinking is, this is who I am, mm-hmm. which is my brand, and I'm gonna open a salon because it's down the street from my house. You right. know, I found a great location that I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and never really take a look at who who are my clients in that area, what price point might they fall into, mm-hmm. what type of brand might work really well in my market. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really different way of thinking, we believe, than most owners take. Well. Chris, what you're you're describing,
2: and again, I may have mentioned this book in a very early podcast, um, but it's called The E-Myth Theory by Michael Gerber, G-E-R-B-E-R. And it just identified business owners. They're either entrepreneurial, they're management-minded, or they're technicians. And when you look at our industry, most people that start their own salon by nature are technicians, which is the vast majority of small businesses. Um, technicians are people that like to do the work of the business and when a technician opens up a business they inevitably always open up a place to go to work in their business where entrepreneurial people open up a business to go to work on and so I truly am uh, the way I'm designed an entrepreneurial person and so I look at a, a hair salon to me it is a business but it also deals within that passion of creativity and that passion of technicians that are the creative people that are incredible. I've been married to one for 33 years, Mm -hmm. incredible people. But one of my goals is to teach these technicians how to think entrepreneurially. Because this, as a business entity, and those of you owners that are listening to me, you know I'm speaking the truth, it is not an easy business. And you have to elevate yourself on the business side if you want to be successful. Yeah. So yes, I do look at it from a business standpoint. It is it is exciting to pick out the color of paint, sure. mm-hmm. the chairs you're going right. to put in, the music you're going to play. That is all all exciting and part of it. But there are key numbers in lots of areas. And we can talk about that today if you want to. Key mm-hmm. numbers you need to know yeah. when you're analyzing about opening up a new business, mm-hmm. remodeling an existing business, or expanding to a second location. Uh, you need to understand the numbers behind it if you're going to do that.
0: Um, actually, let's go there for a second. Yeah. So you know, because I know you, we talk a lot about the changing demographics in the area of Grayson and where we're at, and how you project. You know, maybe one day we'll we'll move from here to here, and you know, those those things are always on your mind. They're not they're not always on the, the independent salon owner's mind. So maybe give a little snapshot of some of the things that you look at when you're deciding where you go. Well, obviously, first of all, it's just population count.
2: Is your area stable? Mm-hmm. Is it growing or is it declining? Now, fortunately, um, we're in a very—we have been. So I started in 1991. Uh, the county has grown from 300,000 people to 1 million. Mm-hmm. That's an explosion. Um, so, in that case, maybe I got a little bit lucky. But you got to first of all understand the the place you're in. What is the population doing? Secondly, you have to identify what are the hair types that you specialize in mm-hmm. because many of us in this industry um, Are very specialized, uh, you know according to textured hair or straight hair We do lots of blondes or you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be and so um, diversity wise our county has really changed from the standpoint of demographics with the diversity of of the types of people in the county, and because of that, the hair texture they have. Mm -hmm. And so we are having to make a conscious decision. In in the past, we we were very good, and and as candid as I can be, most of our clientele were Caucasian clients with their particular hair type, and with the diversity has come a lot more of textured hair and things that we did not have expertise in. Mm -hmm. Uh And so either A, I have to analyze according to my population, Am I going to stay just focused on what uh, I'm doing and what is the the market saying I can support, or am I going to have to train, which is what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Am I going to train to the diversity of the types of hair? Mm-hmm. And I know John, that's been a big emphasis for
1: you. Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, with the changing demographics of the county, right you know, how are we going to, you know, flourish in that environment? And for us right now, we're going through the process of looking at different product lines, you know, what lines would be better for Hispanic and African-American hair clients, you know, and highly textured hair. That's also going to be a retraining for some of us, right? Because not only is it about the product, but it requires a different technique for coloring. It requires a different technique for, for cutting, you know, and that only helps us grow within our market, right? Because we just become a place where no matter what type of hair texture you have, no matter what type of hair you have, we can service that client, and mm-hmm.
2: and, and that's our goal. Mm-hmm. And I would say so that people understand with demographics, um, it's very easy now to go online, just Google, mm-hmm. and Google your city or your zip code area. Um, you know, typically I would, if you're an existing salon, look at where your clients are coming from, mm-hmm. what's the radius, mm-hmm. because again, depending on your location and the uh, how, how busy traffic is in some markets it could be as tight as one or two miles in mm-hmm. a big urban area right in other places it may be 20 miles because it's more rural mm-hmm. so look at where your clients are coming from uh, you can google the zip codes and pull demographic surveys for those areas and in that in the demographics it will break down things such as uh, male versus female mm-hmm. age range um, income levels house prices and things of that nature so you can look at your market and say what am I trying to capture Mm -hmm. because again if you look at income that's going to dictate price point for your services if your average income in your area is uh, $40,000 a year household and you want to do one hundred dollar haircuts, mm-hmm. you might be in for a rude awakening unless you're a one or two chair salon. Right. So you've right. got to understand that. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I
0: like what you just said too because there's exceptions every rule. Like I mm-hmm. could be a I can be a home run hitting stylist mm-hmm. in an area with a lower demographic, let's say household income. Sure. And as a as a one off, mm-hmm. I can kill it. Right. right? I can be that um, person. But what we're talking about here is growing a business that's sizable. So that like the location mm-hmm. you're opening up right now, how many chairs is there? This will have a. This is a twenty-two chair salon um, with a processing area that has seven more. Right. Chairs. So a much different right area of discussion because mm-hmm. we're we're really talking about growing and developing a business that can sustain inside of a region. Of Would you like to
2: hear maybe some some depths of the numbers so I can sort of explain how I go through that process?
0: The first thing I
2: analyze is um, how many clients do I think one day I can capture in this market,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so. Um, I believe I can capture about 5% of the marketplace up to 10% max because I've got competition sure so 5% sort of the number so I look at the demographics Mm -hmm. and I say how far am I gonna draw draw people from Mm -hmm. and let's say in my case it's about a it's between a 5 and 10 mile radius how many people live in that radius Mm -hmm. that meet my demographic my demographics are going to be um, female mostly because I'm not uh, into barbering Mm -hmm. so then I look at the population of female and um, and then I say who is in the price range and age range. I don't do many children, mm-hmm. and so forth. So then I take the age ranges out. Sure. And then what is the income level, which tends to be um, 50, sixty thousand a year minimum and above. Mm-hmm. So what is the population that exists, and what is five percent of that population? So if there are uh, hundred thousand, if there are hundred thousand, that makes it easy. Mm-hmm. There are five thousand guests that I believe if I do my job I can get in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's the first step. The next step then is how many chairs do I need in order uh, to one day accommodate 5,000 guests? Mm -hmm. And so if you look at um, how many guests do I need per chair Mm -hmm. for that chair to be full, in our particular situation, it's about 200. Mm -hmm. The way I come to that number is our typical full-time stylist will service around 25 clients a week, up to 30. Mm Um, And that's because they do a lot of cut color highlights. So if they work a 40-hour week, they're averaging an hour, 15, hour and a half per client. Mm -hmm. So they'll do 25 to 30 clients per week. Mm -hmm. Um, Our clientele tends to come on a five to eight-week cycle. Mm -hmm. So if I use seven as an average… So on seven weeks, if they service 25 guests, that would be 175. Mm -hmm. they service 30, that's 210. Mm -hmm. So I just round it off and say there's 200 Mm -hmm. guests once that stylist is fully booked that that chair can occupy. Mm -hmm. Very simple. So I have how many people at my max? Mm 5,000. 5,000 divided by 200 is around 20. That's that's pretty amazing. That's our Hamilton Mill Salon. Uh I have 22 chairs. Uh How many clients do I believe I have potential for? 5,000? Mm-hmm. That's the reason for that. Sure. But again, you can come way back down mm-hmm. to yeah. a much smaller level. if mm-hmm. you think you've got three uh, well, if you think you've got uh, 10,000 potential guests mm-hmm.
0: um, you know out in the, in the marketplace, how many chairs are? Well I need and, and I've heard you talk about the, the days where you and Karen just moved out to, in, into Atlanta and you were, and you were kind of saying, you know, we only need 200 people for you to be successful. So, right, you know, right. we're talking about a 22-chair salon, but, yeah. you know, you you may be four, a four-chair salon and you're curious about what that number looks like. So, yeah. you know. Well, again, four chairs, yeah. I, I need 800 to 1,000 clients. Right. That's, that,
2: that's your number. So that's the first thing is how many potential guests do I have? Now, and that dictates the number of chairs. The next thing then is how many chairs can I get in the space that I lease? Mm-hmm. Because we have to be concerned about rent cost. Right. Correct. Yeah. And John, I believe that when you are coaching, mm-hmm. is there a rent factor that you use of percentage of income that people need to stay in? Yeah,
1: we we'd like to pick between six and eight percent. Okay. You know, if you add utilities in as well, right? A max of ten.
2: Yeah. But what I found, I mean, eight percent of your total revenue with rent is, is your max number. Mm-hmm. Frankly, if you can work it down to four and five percent, Six percent. That's when you're you can make some money. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so, the next thing is, I know that in a salon only environment, mm-hmm. I need 150 square feet per chair. Mm-hmm. That gives me enough room to put in the restrooms I need the front desk, the waiting room, the office, a little break room. Mm-hmm. So, it's 150 square feet per chair. So, in what you just said, Chris, a four chair salon, really, I could make that happen in 600 square feet. Mm-hmm. If you rent a 2,000 square feet place and put four chairs, you're gonna die because to your rent, your, your rent factor's too high. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons, as candid as I can be, another discussion that a lot of times it's very difficult for spa environments in a salon mm-hmm. to have the profitability. And I think people have discovered that in a lot of places is that it takes a lot more square feet per um, room or treatment area Mm -hmm. to produce the same or less amount of revenue Mm -hmm. and that affects your rent factors Mm -hmm. another discussion right but there's your number is I've gotten it as tight the tightest we can get down to is about 125 square feet per chair in a larger space Mm -hmm. that gives you room for Mm -hmm. the other thing so 150 is your number that's how many chairs Mm -hmm. now your chair is your revenue point and so you can um, look at an average chair and figure out what that chair will produce. Mm-hmm. And our Genesis brand, uh, a chair can produce between six and eight thousand a month. And if six thousand is your number, mm-hmm. if you have a ten chair salon, then you're going to max out about sixty, 60 thousand. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually, with the help of a consultant, figure out where your break-even point is and what your maximum profitability is if you can hit your targets. Mm-hmm. These are. These are deep-level yep. discussions that you can get sure. to, but most people have no clue where their break-even point is.
0: Yeah, actually, and I mean, I think now it would be as good a time as any to mention. So if you're listening to Brian and you are an owner and you're curious that how can I have better conversations about this with maybe the people that it's you know coming out of, mm-hmm. we, uh, you, if you're listening to this, you hear us say, this is Shop Talk brought to you by 124Go. So uh, Brian, John, myself are founders of a company called 124Go. And we're consulting salons uh, to help you work out and deal with these problems. So you can go from being a hairstylist operator mm-hmm. to a real business owner, you right. know, leadership. Um, so if you're interested in you're listening, 124go.com, uh, dot go on Instagram. Reach out and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, contact us. So
1: so what I like about what we've done so far is, you know, there's a, a definite, there's a little bit of math here, yep. right? But It's not hard math not at right? all it's really easy um, but it, it lets you start thinking strategically right yes. yep. where I know at this location I can do 200 clients per chair I got you know 10 chairs that's 2,000 people you know I can have in this location right and if my demographic tells me that there's 20,000 potential customers right that I can get in this neighborhood, then that means or in this county sure that means there's more room for more salons right once i max this one out yeah and, and that. how do you know when it's maxed well again i,
2: yeah. I use that square footage model sure. yeah it doesn't it doesn't make financial sense whatsoever mm-hmm. if you still have growth potential mm-hmm. to open a second location mm-hmm. than to add another chair right because once you cross the break-even point mm-hmm somewhere between 25 and 35 percent of additional money you bring in mm-hmm. goes to profitability right there in other words you have no profit
1: a long way because the rent's already paid right the uh the utilities aren't going to change right right the basic fundament you're not going to have to hire another manager right you're not going to really need any more support staff right you all those things are now paid for right. at the break-even point so any additional chair you can add as long as you're not adding more space right, right. any additional chair any additional Folks, you can put on on the line are going to create a, a much greater profit opportunity. For yes, you and know. and you
2: have to get to that point to to even have profitability. Most owners that we talked to, we just talked to uh, to one recently that most owners are behind the chair, right? And if they were not behind the chair, they honestly don't have a business because it's not profitable, right. and um, and but they don't know the numbers, and that's why it's so key to understanding.
1: Well, it's Those interesting numbers. because the conversation we had with a potential, you know, coaching client the other day was, oh yeah, I'm behind the chair and you know her partner was like yeah and the, you know there's our profit you know right. because she's behind the chair there's our profit what wasn't said is if she's not behind the chair mm-hmm. right there is no profit mm-hmm. and so for i you know this is another conversation for another day but for many st- uh, stylists turn owners i can never get out from behind the chair mm-hmm. because to do so completely wipes out the profit that my company makes yeah um, and that's a subject for another podcast yeah, awesome yeah, right.
0: the second uh point so you know i feel like we've we've give it enough on this and you know i'm sure we can go for the rest of the day on topics like this Um, but the second point that we brought up was the the model of bringing together genesis level stylists Mm -hmm. uh with salon 124 brand stylists and brian you talked you know and touched a little bit on a, a couple of the benefits of that you know benefit number one i as the the new person the learner the new stylist gets to learn from a much higher level stylist side number two and i've lived both of these worlds as well Mm -hmm. um as a hairstylist that maybe been behind the chair this might be you that i'm talking to right now 16 18 years behind a chair boy there is no Mm -hmm. better way to freshen up and i love that you use the word purpose the reality is is boy to to liven up your career Mm -hmm. to bring a fresh set of eyes around Right. So you start to look at your work differently again because now you have somebody there almost holding you accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's a lot of salons out there that, one, either one, don't have a training program at all, and mm-hmm. I am baffled by how many salons that we talk to that it's like they, they it starts my recruitment strategy starts and ends with. Um, if i can capture somebody from a salon down the street right. or i'm looking for a stylist with the book and all, the three of us collectively mm-hmm. all just couldn't encourage you more to develop an internal training and education program and mm-hmm. if if you're a single chair salon or a single excuse me if you're a single location salon this works so fast mm-hmm. and so well that a, a one, 18 24 months down the line you've got two or three generations of people now that you've been training up This helps with culture. This helps with Mm -hmm. your overall uh, Client client recruitment stylist recruitment. There's just so many different things that we love about this model Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I think you're probably thrilled that this is happening that you're bringing these two brands together here but talk share a little bit about Little bit more about that.
2: Well, Chris, I want to speak some words of encouragement to maybe some people that are listening out there. And based on years of discussion with people, um, when you say you're floored why they don't do it, let me let me tell you what I hear sometimes mm-hmm. that I think is the prevalence. So there's two things. Number one, it takes a lot of effort it to does. do. Yeah. It takes time, time, it takes some money, mm-hmm. and it takes a commitment to it. And through the last few years especially, the things that I've heard more and more and more is why do I wanna do that? Mm-hmm. They're gonna leave me anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And that crushes my heart and my spirit to hear that. Mm-hmm. Because for the owner that is saying that, they also then have lost their purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know the reality is, number one, we all hate people to leave us. We, The dream is we think we want people to come and be with us and stay with us the rest of our lives. And I want that too. I love that sense of family and community that yeah. we build in our salons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is for different reasons, people are going to come and go. Mm-hmm. Life changes. Spouse jobs get transferred. Right. We have children. Um, you know, the thing that we can have some control over And the most important thing that we can have control over is developing a culture that people want to be a part of and being the leader that we need to lead by, Mm -hmm. which is a person that truly others can tell we have a sense of purpose, we're trying to make a difference in their lives. Mm -hmm. And if we get disappointed because people leave and we give up, that's the point at which you're almost making the decision not to be an owner anymore. Mm -hmm. The next thing you'll do is you will rent your chair out by the week right? and then you'll finally close and go to a salon suite because you've given up so my words of encouragement is it can still be done Mm -hmm. and it is being done but you have to see your life as a sense of purpose that people will come and go and you can lower that but you have to be okay it's not who you are it doesn't define who you are as a person we're here to serve we're here to serve others Mm -hmm. Um, understand that that happens Mm
1: -hmm. thank you for that so there's a couple of things that we've you know picked up along the way in this conversation one is there's a little bit of math right Um, we have to do a little bit of homework on the demographic end and and the great thing is that's all available on the internet right you can find everything you need to know about the demographics of your area what the potential client base is on the internet you don't have to hire anybody it's not you don't have to pay anybody it's free right you do a little bit of homework right it's not hard do a little bit of math we do the background work you start being purposeful on what your future growth plans for your company looks like. Um, You just kind of touched on this, and obviously it's important, again, we'll spend more time on other podcasts on this, but leadership, right? Because if you're gonna put all of this together, all the time, effort, money, that goes into building a company, right? And not just a place to work at, because that's I think what a lot of salon owners do, Mm -hmm. we just created ourselves a job, right? Yep. Um, Leadership is such an important part because all this other stuff is nice, but if you can't develop that leadership skill to both lead the company, both from a a physical standpoint, but also from a personal development people standpoint, because that's, Mm -hmm. you're gonna go through all this training effort Mm -hmm. and all this, you know, these grand plans, you gotta have people that wanna work with you, that wanna stay with you, that can see a future in being part of this company, whatever it may be.
2: And that becomes part of their purpose. Sure. Again, as leaders, we have to understand that we we can start the process, Mm -hmm. but we're looking for other people that want to be a part of our vision Mm -hmm. and that are given a sense of purpose because we train them, Mm -hmm. we teach them, Mm -hmm. and we find their strengths, and then we allow them to Mm -hmm. go out and help us uh, through their purpose in creating the vision that we lead to.
1: So we got stage one. We got stage two, which is the leadership piece. Now we're in stage three. Right. We've got the first two, we you know, we'll use ourselves as an example, so now we're building this, this brand new location right, at, in the Hamilton Mill area where we're combining these two brands because you've had some thoughts and ideas about, well, this needs to change because what we've done so far has been successful, but obviously you've looked at the market you've looked at demographic shifts you've looked at financial standpoints and you made a decision to combine these two brands part of that decision was you know this this opportunity for this cross-pollination as you call it right um, both from a younger stylist standpoint where you get to be around senior staff and learn quicker faster right and from a senior staff standpoint I mean, there's nothing that can't be said in regards to, you pick up a lot of stuff from the new kids, right? Right. I mean, think about balayage as an example, right? Some of our senior stylists were like, hey, the the kids from school have this new technique. I want to learn that, right? Well, if you're so insulated and so separated that Mm -hmm. only our senior staff are here Mm -hmm. and only our junior staff are here, trends change, fastens change. How do you keep up with that? Um, You know, and so there's that piece. But I wanna talk more about what made you come to this business, financial, leadership, purposeful decision to open this location and decide to put the two brands together. Okay,
2: so again, what I'd said before, I've been there, I think, seven or eight years. It could be longer. Somebody will probably call and tell me I have. It's been a little while. We've Mm -hmm. developed a lot of people. The existing Genesis salon Mm -hmm. is a 22-chair salon. Mm -hmm and it's it is a very busy salon with still room for growth mm-hmm. we, we still don't have every chair maxed out mm-hmm. but the reality is we have a lot of high-level stylists um, and we have a lot of client demand mm-hmm. one of the numbers for instance that i'll look for how's the demand doing and john you may have a different way i'll ask mm-hmm. you you can answer what you look at yep. but what i tend to look at is the new client count as a percentage mm-hmm. of the overall client count mm-hmm. And what I found out through my years mm-hmm. is if you have 10% of your clientele count as new clients mm-hmm. or more, right. as long as you're doing an adequate job on keeping the client's percentage of retention, mm-hmm. um, you have a fast-growing salon. Right. As you drop down below 10, when you get down to around 4%, 5 6%, mm-hmm. that is a... Um, Basically, a stable salon. Mm-hmm. You're you get as many new that you keep as you lose. Right. When you drop below five percent, that is a slow loss salon. Mm-hmm. When you start losing those.
0: And those numbers are the exact same for stylists. Too. Right. Interesting. Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I guess through shop talk, you've analyzed that. Then. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. So um, the reality is, we have a large percentage new client count. Mm-hmm our retention is stable, and we have high-level stylists. Mm -hmm. But again, as I said earlier, I still have room from a productivity standpoint Mm -hmm. to max that salon out more. And so I came to the decision, instead of opening another location in the market Mm -hmm. and putting more chairs times 200 clients per chair, that I would rather um, we're moving one mile away. Mm -hmm. I got a very favorable lease. That could be another thing that we uh, do a podcast on. How do I how do I do a lease? Mm-hmm. What are the strategies there? Mm-hmm. But I, I found a landlord that wanted me badly mm-hmm. and gave us very favorable terms mm-hmm. where it was worth the time for me to rebuild infrastructure. Sure, Infrastructure being your electrical and your mm-hmm. plumbing and all the stuff that's there when you build it.
1: All the stuff that costs
2: money. All mm-hmm. that stuff that costs a lot of money yep. um, and it allowed me to move. and so. I also analyze though the ability to put Genesis level stylist in it and the good that that's going to get from what we talked about previously. Right. So it's two sides. I didn't want to add more chairs to the marketplace, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to get to strengthen. What I want is I want 22 jam-packed chairs mm-hmm. with stylist making as much money as they're willing to work to get. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. So the market is there for that. Right. I have invested, um, frankly, quite a bit of money into building a beautiful, beautiful facility mm-hmm. in order to help them with that. That's excited them, the stylists that are seeing it in process. Right. And I know it's gonna uh, excite the clients. Mm-hmm. And I've run the numbers. We'll be able to increase our average ticket, mm-hmm. moving to a higher level brand. Right. And I know my client count, and it's just a financial equation. So it was really that simple. Mm-hmm. I get the benefits of more money coming in from a higher ticket average, right. more new clients coming because of the new salon and the money, the way this thing looks is going to create buzz, right? more stylists because I have stylists wanting to move into that location that want to be there, mm-hmm. and it will be fully packed, mm-hmm. and everybody can work as hard as they want to
0: work. Right. Well, this has just been a jam-packed discussion, I mean, yeah. and I know we could keep going for hours on this. Um, But uh, we want to start to wrap this up and wind it down. And so, John, uh, just, you know, any closing thoughts on your end right now?
1: You know, what I really like about, you know, uh, talking with Brian is he kind of reminds us of the strategy involved in what we do, you know, and not to put too fine of a point on it. But passion gets us so far, right? We start off in this business as salon owners, right? Where maybe we're successful stylists that one day opened up a salon. And that passion carries us a long way, right? But sooner or later, we've got to sit down and think about what's next, right? We have to think about our leadership development as leaders. if We're going to grow our company. We've got to do a little bit of math. It's not a lot, but we've got to do a little bit of math. And I think it's really important to figure out well, what do you want? You know, for Brian it was I am a stylist development company. Yeah. That's a very different way of looking at the world than I'm a salon owner. Yeah. Right? Because a salon owner, which is I've been one, you've been one, Brian nice. is one, right? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that just the very nature of that definition mm-hmm. kind of makes your world small. Mm-hmm. Right? With Brian's definition, I'm a stylist development company. Whoa, wait a minute. That's mm-hmm. a that Gives opens you a up a
0: much different set of yeah. vision. And, right? and and can I speak to this yeah,
2: shortly? Uh, maybe and sort of as we move to closing here to mm-hmm. to really get inside of my heart. And I mm-hmm. sometimes do that on these podcasts. Want mm-hmm. to forego this new company mm-hmm. that we're starting, mm-hmm. um, from my perspective, this is not something that i'm doing because um i have to do it Mm -hmm. or that i'm looking for anything else i'm Mm -hmm. not saying that from i'm trying to be as humble as i can to say Mm -hmm. i don't have to do this i want to do this Mm -hmm. and the reason i want to do this is because through that through thinking about being a stylist development company which i've spent 28 years doing Mm -hmm. that has led me to deep relationships lots of people hopefully That know how much I have loved them, whether they're still here or whether they have gone, Mm -hmm. it's given me a life of impacting others. Mm -hmm. What one two four go is hopefully going to do for me. That desire is that I will now be able to move and to do the same thing with other owners because I have heard, I know the pain points, Mm -hmm. and I know that there are wonderful owners out across this country that I've talked to, and I want to develop relationships. And hopefully, I'm turning fifty-seven this year at the end of my career. Mm That I can say I've done my job I've built great relationships Mm -hmm. and it's been a life worth living Mm -hmm. that's the reason that I'm doing this
1: and and to, to cap that off I think that what you've had early on is a vision yes right and I think for the people listening whether you're a small salon with three or four you know co-workers or whether you've got six salons as well getting really clear on what that vision is for you and where you want to go is going to go a long way to help you figuring out what's next for you right
2: and I, one thing i just got to say yeah, this please. and i've got to say this for my wife that might listen in she's <laughs> been at home raising our sons for, hi karen, hey, karen <laughs> hi karen for 20 something years um the vision that i got 29 years ago mm-hmm. was her vision mm-hmm. she was the stylist I was entering her world and I wanted to make this better for her mm-hmm. and being a stylist I understand her heart mm-hmm. and her heart is what stylish hearts are across mm-hmm. this country sure and so that connection that I have to what she desired has really infected me my entire career mm-hmm. for those people that are out there across the country so everything that's here
0: mm-hmm. I've got to give the credit to Karen because I never would have been in this had it not been for her mm-hmm. awesome So October 6th through the 9th here in Atlanta is our four-day intensive workshop. You can come and spend four days with John, myself, Brian, Britt, and a whole host of people from 124Go. You'll get to meet us all, visit our locations, talk to the managers that are running these locations, um, you know, get your questions answered. You can buy tickets on there. It's live at 124go.com. You just click the book a class link and it'll take you to the four day intensive you can book a class right then and there Mm -hmm. Um, also check out we've got some video content up john and i talking a little bit of culture john sharing about how to give a one-on-one um, we're adding more content to that uh, on a regular, mm-hmm. and so uh, please, you know, keep touch with us there. And then you can also connect with us on Instagram again at one two four dot go. That's right, John. I know you've got a favorite ask.
1: You know what I need? I need you to write us a wicked, wicked. good review. <laughs> Five stars. You got the phone in your hand. Let's you got do it the out. phone in your hand. Hit, oh, listen, it's so easy. It's even got the five stars in front of you. Just hit the fifth
0: Click one. Click the fifth star. It's that
1: easy. Now, if you want to be my best friend, write a nice comment too. You, you definitely know? have to. And write if you a want to be review. Chris's best friend, share it on Instagram stories. Let other people know just how cool you really are.
0: And we will do the same for you. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, Again, we really appreciate everybody that's listening. We hope you got some value out of this. We know you did. Brian just put some really great high-level thoughts out there and some vision for owners. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Have a great one.